Hi, I'm Jin. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A Tardis of One's Own. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Welcome to another delightful episode of our wonderful podcast coming yes. from a new location today as well. We're in Sophie's home today in Vegas yeah. space. And it is a different space acoustically. Yes. So we'll see we'll see what the sound quality is like. I think it should be fine. It's a lot of glass, so it yeah. might bounce a lot. But we're but... quite close to the sofa, so maybe it's gonna <laughs> absorb stuff on one side. And there's a I covered mean, in a nice yeah. fluffy blanket. Yeah, so like if I'm talking here, talking here. Can you bouncing hear... off? I wonder if you can hear me stroking the blanket. <laughs> Uh, sounds like a euphemism. Yeah, sounds like a euphemism. I was going to say that. I need to stroke the blanket. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. That's wow. how we roll here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's check in on our timeline. Okay, you go first. <laughs> well, it's been Easter weekend, so, you know, great yesterday. The only day it's acceptable for me to eat a Lind Buddy at 8am in the morning, and I oh, was yum. really into it. Yep. No, loved it. Had a really chill weekend, didn't really do much. Really needed it after yet more work frustration, which I'm trying to move on from, mm. team. I don't want to keep talking about it on this yeah. podcast. I need to move on with my life. I need to go yeah. back to not caring. So I will keep you updated <laughs> yeah. on how that goes. Obviously a big week for you. Yeah, some shit went down personal life-wise. But like, I'm good. We're good. But yeah, it's just been a, been a tough time. And a roller coaster, if you will. Yeah, yeah, emotionally. Just really draining. And I'm yeah. good. Like, I'm good now. I'm doing better. Like, but you just don't realize how like, even just the act of just being sad, like actively being sad about a thing that's happened is just like so draining. Mm. And I get like crying headaches as well. Yeah. So I'm glad like so far the crying phase seems to be done. Yeah. Um, which is lovely. Yeah. Also, I have a septum piercing because no one's seen my face. I have a septum piercing and it's been playing fucking havoc. Just like being sniffy and snotty and blowing my nose. Right. It's like made it, I took it out to clean it on the weekend and it was so fucking sore. Like mm. made me nearly cry with soreness. Aww. And the thing is because it's got all the piercing holes got riled up by the snots. Yeah. Cheerful. Gross. Charming. We love so it. Anyway, so I said to my partner the other day, if for no other reason than the septum piercing, I need to stop crying. And he if was anyone like, has I hope tips. there's other reasons you need to stop crying. And I was like, it's mainly the septum piercing. I just think if anyone has any tips for crying with a septum piercing, yeah. you know, drop us a line, drop us an email. Literally. <laughs> Thank you. We'll take literally anything. Also, tips on not crying at work. That would be great too. Just not cry at work. I mean, I'm a big fan of crying at work. Actually, yeah, I Long am too. I don't want to say this. Because I hate the hiding your emotions in the workplace thing. It's bullshit. And I think mm. it's a very anti-sexist mm. often because it's like, women are too emotional. Well, my problem is I'm an angry crier and yes, often I'm very angry at work. So I get I... frustration <laughs> cries and then I want to be like, it's not because I'm sad. It's because I'm so fucked off. Yeah. Look, the emotion is leaking from my face. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, there's just so much emotion that you couldn't even comprehend, random man. And it's coming <laughs> out of every pore and tear gland. And I will drown you with it. Yeah, literally. Do not fuck with me. Uh, yeah, so has been <laughs> shit is hopefully on the up making space for it to be a continuing up and down etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you've been a very lovely friend oh so. love that thank you don't tell anyone <laughs> it <laughs> must be a secret seven listeners keep it secret like, keep it safe jen's brand is being me <laughs> well as one of our colleagues said to me the other day it's like it's really hard to know whether you just hate people or do you are you actually a nice person there's very there's a very fine line and i'm like it's because i hate everyone keep until proven otherwise. yeah yeah this is true but then once they're in they're in. Mm. 
They're into yeah. the inner circle. But yeah, don't tell anyone. It's just <laughs> between you, me, and our seven listeners. You guys are in on it. Don't let anyone know. Yeah, okay. They must never know. <laughs> um, so on that note. Yeah. Um, would you like to summarize the episode? Yeah, sure thing. So we watched episode two of season three, The Shakespeare Code. And in this episode, the doctor takes Martha to London in 1599, where William Shakespeare's new play is being used by three witches in an evil plan. Do, do, do. So back to our test, obviously, yes. Yes. Yes, we've got three evil witches plotting. Talking about stuff that is not a man. Yes, and we're into it. Yeah. Let them plot away. I love it. So this week is my turn to pick a topic, but I'm going to open with, we got an email. We got an email a couple of weeks ago. So I'd like to do a shout out to our listener from Germany. Thank you. And this is amazing because this is an email and genuinely neither of us know this person. Yeah, so this is like a legit groundbreaking. And I just kind of like when it popped, when I got the phone, my phone was like, ping, email in the Tennis of One's own <laughs> inbox. And then I messaged you and be like, I think I've got an email from someone we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dankeschön. So Dankeschön to our yeah, listener. Yeah, yeah, Dankeschön. And this listener had some really cool thoughts on specifically this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely kind of sat with that as I was watching it because I got the email before I'd watched the app, mm. which was like fucking fantastic. And so the listener did exactly what we love, which is giving us some ideas for discussion topics. Yeah. Things like kind of history and the construction of truth retrospectively, mm-hmm. continuation of like patriarchal narratives and perspectives and mm. representations of those narratives. Great. And the end idea was the one that stuck with me most, which is witches. Mm-hmm. And we have talked about witches before. Yeah. So in the... I'm pretty sure it was the second or third episode of season one. The Charles Dickens episode. The yeah. Charles Dickens episode. And we did witches and religion. Like yeah. witchcraft and religion. Yeah. But like, I really do think that that was quite a different interpretation of the witchcraft vibe mm-hmm, there. Like mm-hmm. this is quite like it's very Shakespearean witches obviously which yeah. is lovely. Like, it's a very Hamlet witches. And so I thought this time let's let's talk about witches again because there's a lot there, especially yeah. a lot there with like the feminist space. But specifically witches and this idea of female cooperation. Yes. So I think there's a lot to talk about there from the perspective of like a feminist angle. Yeah, like there's a lot there with like women supporting women or like and by women I mean this in the broader sense like we are not turfs here no um we have no like, time for that in this country in general <laughs> no not at all but like yeah women supporting women in that space and and things that are kind of coded as as female maybe necessarily yeah. in the past but has big be- have become like really cool areas for women to work in in their own spaces so like yeah typically it's been like cooking in the home you your top chefs in a restaurant will be dudes, but home cooks, looking after the family, like cooking with female relatives is typically a female thing. And so it's that collaboration. And there's a strong link there to like witches around the cauldron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, true. Like handicrafts. And so like women having like knitting circles, quilting, you're spending before modern sewing machines yep. a shit ton of time making clothes for the family, making blankets, making everything and doing that together for that camaraderie. Yeah. And that heavy link to witches and handicrafts. Yeah. Like in this episode, we see them making um like a European Poppet. name is like the poppet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in other cultures, they can be like a voodoo kind of doll. Yeah. Uh, basically like little effigies. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot there. Yeah. But... And there's some like, like gathering of herbs and stuff, right? Mm. Which could like, yeah. Which is gathering supplies. But yeah. Uh, Though another, I will mention on the topic thing before we delve into this chosen topic, mm. another really cool thing that could have come from the episode. And I think we could have equally picked is like the idea that they talk about of the power of words. Yeah. It's like a really powerful one. So quickly on that, like in the queer space, it's like the idea of 
pronouns. Yeah. And dead naming and like that really power of words. Yeah, and the power of a name, right? Like this idea that you need yeah. to know the the true name of someone in order to have any power over them, mm-hmm. right? Like the way they try to use the doctor's name against him in this and then they can't yeah. really do it because... Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. No. But yeah, like totally the chosen name that you've chosen for yourself and the mm. power that wields. Yeah, mm. sure. Um, and then it made me think of female only or like historically traditionally female only and female targeted slurs oh so like think of all the loaded terms that are, have been real insults for women that just don't apply to men so yeah. like it's off the top of my head wench bitch slut harlot strumpet strumpet shrew shrew yeah shrew's a good one because that's not just like promiscuous a lot of the others are promiscuous so it's like, oh, you like sex? Oh, you harlot. That one that Tom Hiddleston trotted out in that first Avengers film? Quim? Oh. <laughs> Quim. Lol. Um, but yeah, but like, th- these are names that, they're slurs for women that have a moral weight mm. attached to them, which is really interesting because there's not really ones for dudes. No. What like, is there? All of them are just like, dick, asshole. Bastard. Bastard. I mean, yeah, that's kind of, which is like, you're born out of wedlock. That is kind of, that's got some moral weight to it. That's a good example. But that's it. That's literally it. Yeah, so it's interesting. This is literally, this is the sidebar topic. No, I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, but to return to the yeah, female to collaboration. Topic, yep. Yes. I think history has shown that women coming together are powerful agents of change, right? If we think about like the suffragettes mm-hmm. and then in, in Iceland, right? It was women who went on strike, I think in 1975, who gained equal rights for them. So it's this idea that you can just... Yeah. create a movement and that's often why people in power try to discourage people from gathering it's why it's one of the first things that's always outlawed when people are trying to like become a dictatorship or whatever it's like no gathering yeah because they know that people in groups have power and i think this is yeah. a lot of the fear that originated around witchcraft was that women were getting together and having plotting. yeah and like that fear that comes from the patriarchy of exclusion yeah of like i'm being excluded from this space what are the women talking about whether i don't have power and control here because like normally the children and my wife Mm. my elderly relatives they're all subservient to me as the man of the household and if the women are going off and like doing their own thing what are they up to yeah and that's interesting that you've mentioned that like this power of exclusion because i was doing some rudimentary research for this as i do and i came across an essay on mary beard's woman in power Mm, so it's just like great example of women's silence because she talks about how misogyny has multiple sources and it's like in this particular book she looks mostly at greek and roman antiquity and she believes that this casts a tradition of public speaking and whether it excludes women from public speaking because it's giving weight to people's timbre of their voice, their authority, like pronunciation, all these things that are more male-coded. And she says that um, exclusion from public speech was active and loaded, and then it becomes... Basically, the voices are subversive, and then you become a threat to the state because you're not allowed to speak, and so it's a very calculated silencing of women. And it's you see it in a lot of ways. People talk about women like whiny voices or whining or nagging, and it's like loaded way that people talk about women in public spaces that you don't hear about men. Have you ever shrill? Yeah, shrill, shrill. No one's ever called a man bossy. Yeah. That's such a, oh, like you're having a thought, you're having an opinion, you're asserting yourself. And that therefore, if you do that in a female presenting body, you're bossy. Yeah. And it's also stuff like vocal fry, right? Like the way if you talk a certain Mm. way, if you use like too much, all these things that women tend to do, which people write off as being, oh, well, they're just not, they have nothing worthy to say. And like Mary Beard notes that 
no one hears women even when they do speak. And that is what the intention of this power dynamic is, is to make you basically ignorable. <laughs> That's not yeah, a word, but... Yeah, and written off as, like, ditzy. Yeah. If you're like, oh, yeah, oh. And there was also a Forbes article that talked about the power of the pack and that women who support women are more successful. And that research shows that women in particular benefit from collaboration over competition. Mm. So you you have more success when you collaborate. Yeah. But women are always set up to not collaborate. And the patriarchy tells us that we're competitors, like you're competing for male attention. That is the goal. And you're always yeah. going to be competitive in that space. What's it called? It's like a um, the, 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 this fallacy of scarcity. Yeah. There's not fucking scarcity, but capitalism has to create that, right? Yeah. Like there's only limited options. There's only limited opportunities. Yeah. Like that we can only have one female executive at this board table so you gotta shit on your like yeah. fellow women on the way up the ladder because there's not room for more than one of you and there's only one clear way of success right and even if we take it back to this time this expectation that you're gonna get married you're gonna look mm-hmm. after your husband women who exist outside of that paradigm is a threat to the system so witches you've got women living together in community living together in like a cottage whatever having a good time yeah. not interested in getting married you have to vilify them because if other women see that they've got options then suddenly your power structure loses power like you lose control of the situation Mm. because suddenly it's like oh i don't have to do that thing and how often are those perception portrayals of witches older and not conventionally attractive no like hags right so it's like that's what the two fucking things that is meant to be our currency is being useful and hot and that's what people use against you when you turn them down if like someone hits on you and you're like you know no thank you not interested it's like oh well you're a frigid bitch or you're like you're ugly anyway like no one wants you yeah old hag yeah basically and it's like you don't want to be the old spinster living in the cottage and actually yeah i kind of do yeah (laughs) yeah interesting yeah i want to be like largely unbothered and just vibing and i do think a lot of this fear of women and community comes from that threat that you pose to existing power mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely and yeah, like you said before like an example of other options yeah something they don't want when you have a strict narrative of this is what we want from the family expectations this is what we want so i can as a man can go out and like do important man things that i can do my job that i can have political thoughts that i can do mm. all that stuff i need someone to be running my household and that has to be my wife and also you know she's going to be incapacitated by being pregnant and having yeah. kids and so you know that's where the conservative fear of like lgbt also comes from right there's the idea that you are being exposed to a different worldview and that you sort of exist outside of the power structures that mm. they're trying to impose on you because you're like living a life that they don't they don't factor into their daily life so they're like well mm. if you're outside of the system then that's not benefiting me and then how do i make that work it's a revolutionary act, really. Not, yeah, absolutely. And if you're not like striving towards moving to the suburbs and Having, trying to yeah. conceive a baby and like the traditional way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like having you're working towards the mother not working and the dad being the prime breadwinner and going to church on Sundays and if you decide to just like opt out of all of that. Yeah. Then it's like, well, we can't use traditional christian values to make you feel immoral to control you yeah to keep you in line to get your money which also comes into it it's yeah, like how am so... i gonna exploit you if you're not afraid of any of the things that i tell you to be afraid of yeah exactly which oh, is so interesting yeah it is interesting mm. and that's it that's like it's easier to demonize right mm. so we've 
we've seen that not in history and lots of places there's demonization of women we talked about it when we talked about witches the first time but like of you know these women who are existing outside of that getting accused of being a witch mm. and then witch hunted and sometimes executed because they posed a threat and you have to send a message yeah and i think that's often the case like you know we have to make an example of someone mm. it's because we don't want this behavior to proliferate we don't want other people Catch to get on. ideas no, above their station no. i mean they try to do that with the suffragettes as well right like mm. lock them up put them in prison yep they did a lot of that just browbeat them into submission and they wouldn't have it so props to those women they were also straight up terrorists which i also oh yeah 100 like, yeah, yeah yeah people like, often forget that part no nah, yeah because it's like one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter right yeah it depends which side you're <laughs> exactly yeah whether you believe in the cause or not right yeah exactly so maybe to talk specifically about this episode yes always a good idea <laughs> yeah yeah so we talked about yeah it's london it's 1599 it's very late in the tudor period in england strong witchcrafty vibes which is great because it's kind of like shakespearean like mm. like you know like hamlet's witches like that kind of thing macbeth macbeth oh my god it is macbeth yes <gasps> the three witches it's okay i just have to give up my citizenship right now i'm afraid <laughs> The shame! The no, police are coming! It has 100% uh, Macbeth. But I feel like my overall thoughts. I enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a fun hoot. romp. Yeah, a romp, exactly. Yeah. Like, sometimes I watch them and they drag. Yeah. <laughs> this one did not. I was like, it's cool. Like, it's not, I don't want to get married to it, but it's, like, <laughs> fine. Like, it was good. Yeah, it's just, like, a bit funny and, like, yeah. it's got some great moments. I love that Shakespeare flirts with Martha. It's a great time. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. I feel like I have lots of thoughts, but they're all quite random and unlinked. Okay, let's just crack on. Crack yeah, on? yeah, yeah. Just okay, go cool. for it. Like, um, list them. Is the architect Superhands? Superhands? From Peep Show. <laughs> have you seen Peep Show? Yes. It's Superhands, right? I think it might be. I think it's Superhands. Isn't he also the guy it. from... Oh, my God. Okay, pause. Yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the architect. Matt King, yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Superhands is back. You know, and he has to sleep in his sleeping bag and he's like, get Superhands is back. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that made me laugh. Uh, oh, it was interesting when talking about this like witchcrafty kind of magic-y stuff, when I think it was the Carrier Knights were saying that magic is just a different sort of science. Yeah. Like what you might perceive. And then it, I've been watching Channel and Bone. I know you haven't. Yes, yes, yes. talk about the, the small science. science. Yeah. Like it's actually just manipulation of... Which is like... Stuff. Elements. Lots of stuff that we consider science now would have been considered witchcraft and magic back in the day. Because it's just yeah. about your knowledge, right? Like Electricity's fucked up. I got my... <laughs> the internet. Try and explain no, the dude, internet honestly, to Shakespeare. No, look, I can actually show you right now. You know, I'm not even fucking kidding. Last weekend, I was with my partner who works in tech. Shout out. He listens to this podcast. And I was like... Like, we were just having a cup of tea in the morning. Oh and I was like, can you actually explain to me? Because I don't know how the internet works. And then he drew this diagram, which to you makes no sense. But this really helped me. How IP addresses. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just, you know, like, yeah, it really helped me. Was that a satellite? Um, No, it's not a satellite. That's, that's a secure... But, you know, like, try and explain that to someone, like, to oh, Shakespeare. No, totally like... To me, I'm like, is this real? But, like, to someone who doesn't understand, like, basically how much there is in our world that we can't see. Mm. Like, you can't see electricity, you can't see Wi-Fi, you can't see, like, all this shit. It's basically magic, right? It's just something coming out of nothing. Yeah. And, like, 100%, like, flying as well. Like, planes. Yeah, yeah, Magic. Yeah. The TV? Magic. Like, all that stuff? Like, in the TV? In the TV? In the TV. And they're not even big as they used to be. No, you used no, to no, believe. It's that... tiny. 
<laughs> at least before you'd just be lots of tiny little people I used to think that as a kid when it's like, like a foot deep yeah because they were big <laughs> rear projection televisions yeah. the children won't know what that is but google it yeah cool interesting did I send um, you that tiktok about the floppy disk yeah you did amazing because <laughs> to be like what do you know what this is what the save symbol is I think I asked a gen z this one so it was funny to be like, do you know what the, sa- the save symbol is? And they're like, oh, I've heard it's like a thing. They use like We've software. just like honestly lived through so much shit as millennials. <laughs> like so much shit we had to learn that is no longer relevant that I just have in my brain. Yeah. And Gen Zers will never know. But maybe they won't. Well, yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, <laughs> anyway, sidebar. So Martha raises quite early in this episode something I always like. I mean, it gets poo-pooed quite quickly, but the time travel paradox. She raises it as a newbie. The butterfly effect, right? Yeah, Yeah. just being like, if I accidentally come across a great-grandparent, you know, a great-great-great-great-great-relative, and then, like, change the course of them, am I suddenly going to poof into unexistence? And he's like... He was like, don't step on any butterflies. Why would (laughs) you step on a butterfly? Yeah, Yeah. way not to listen. It's a sensible question. I appreciate. And Martha is incredibly pragmatic, and I love that about her. Like, she also asks the question about slavery, which, fair enough. Ooh, okay, so in my notes, I have lightly touched on slavery and racism she's like am i not gonna get carted off as a slave harsh harsh and horrible but a fair concern (sighs) no i know but also like doctor who acknowledging but in a very casual way also being like we're not going there moving on yeah (laughs) um when he the fucking doctor saying shit like rose would know yeah he's just being like physically devastated i feel like he is very condescending and very dismissive towards a lot of her opinions and like mm-hmm. he talks about rose a lot which is unhelpful to everyone involved it's just not nice you know and yeah. martha's having such a great time she's flirting with shakespeare she gets to throw <laughs> in a little harry potter in there which i know is now a lot more problematic than it was back in 2006 yeah. we could have had it all but no here we are <laughs> fine um some some things i didn't i didn't feel great Men dressed as women. London never changes. Oh. Yeah. That feel great. I feel like that's very of its time though, isn't it? Yeah. Again, a show run by a queer man. Yeah, again. Again. And I wrote down Martha in a red leather jacket. Apparently not an issue, question mark. And then Shakespeare turns up and is like, oh, so fitted. <laughs> so funny. I also just love when Martha's like, you know, the doctor's like, you can go home and tell everyone you met Shakespeare. And she's like, and then I can get sick shit. Like, she's so <laughs> cheerful about exactly. it. Exactly. And then she does the verily forsooth again. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's like, what? Also, important question is Shakespeare wearing eyeliner? Yes. Yeah. He's also Hunderwiz, right? Being yeah. like nice and queer. And the doctor's yeah. like, oh, all those academics just punch the air. <laughs> At least 25 academics just punched the air. Yeah, so definitely giving by, giving pan vibes, Shakespeare is. It cracks me up when he's like, I'm Sir Doctor of TARDIS. Like, <laughs> piss off. But yeah, he is mean to Martha. Like, when he says so to her, mean. I hate starting from scratch. Like, yeah, this is how we all feel when we get new colleagues. But you don't say that to them. No, you don't. And also, stop picking, like, total noobs. I know. You're the one picking the noobs. Go and find yourself someone alien also, why don't who you like, have... knows this shit. You have no friends of your own. Why don't you have so some handover notes or something? Yeah, like, is there a desk file? <laughs> you just have a manual ready to go. Yeah. Here are all the FAQs. I yeah. This feels like a you problem. You're a bad manager. Yeah, he is. He's a bad manager. We should send him on that course. Fucking hell. Please, anyone. Does anyone <laughs> want to go on a course so that I don't have to? I'm only on it because I'm a problem child and I've been disciplined by being sent on a course. But if anyone wants to do it for me and just give me the cliff notes, that would be a 10 Ooh. out of 10. And they tried to make me go on it first and I was like, I've done a course like this before. <laughs> Maybe Jen would want to go. You fucking bitch. 
And then me, because I wasn't paying attention, was like, yeah, sure, I'll go on your course, but now I'm resentful. So if anyone's Ooh. free for two hours on a Wednesday, hit me up. Yeah, cool. I'll hook you up. Anywho, let's go back to um, There Is Only One Bed. <laughs> no, There Is Only One Bed. Amazing. So it wasn't explained, but Shakespeare can't be fooled by the psychic paper. Yes, stru- like people who are very intellectual and smart can't be fooled by the psychic paper or like visionaries, if you will. So this just oh shows God, what rude. a great dude Shakespeare was. What the fuck? Why have they built that in? That's really like... Yeah, no, it's just because he's so smart and so clever. So they've made that a thing about the psychic paper that if you're really smart and you're Yeah, so like the doctor, thing. for example, wouldn't be fooled by psychic oh paper. Oh my god, but all his companions are because they're like well, well, they're not thick as two short planks, are they? <laughs> it's fucking rude. They're just not that smart. <laughs> okay. Well, well, well. Oh, next on my list. Does the doctor sleep? Because at the bed, you just raised it with yes. the bed question. No, I, Does he sleep? No, who knows? This is one of those things that I don't think we ever know. Really? I mean, he must do. He's a living being. Everyone must sleep. He's got two hearts. He's got cells. Cells need to yeah. like, repair and do whatever sleep does. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my god, it's like the internet. What does sleep actually do? Um, it helps you process your traumatic memories, I know that much. Mm, yeah, I think it does lay down memories. Yeah, down memories. that's part of the thing if you do PTSD counselling is like, REM sleep is the issue. Yeah. Okay. okay. I love the Rage Rage Against the Dying of the Light quote, because you know it's one of my faves, and... Straight would be like, I might use that. And the doctor <laughs> says you can't. It's someone else's. <laughs> Lol. On the subject of dark things, scream for all eternity. That's fucking dark. That I think that's the end when they lock them in the thing. Yeah. It's like, you're going to scream for all eternity. Like, ha ha ha. Moving on. Like, <laughs> that's really fucking grim. It is grim. And I think, you know what else is grim? The sad asylum times. Yeah. I think poor Martha really yeah. has a couple of moments here where she's like really challenged just like a medical professional when she's like, this is not how we do it. No, this is not okay, these poor people. Yeah. I also want to bring the phrase, activate the tetradecadon into everything I do. <laughs> this is like when we did that brief moment where House of Trades accepted across the, the floor at all times. Do you want a cup of tea? House of Trades accepts. <laughs> I now want to watch that again. Oscar Isaac. It's great, but Champion. I mean, Oscar Isaac's amazing. However, you do think that Timothy Chalamet does one face. He does only do <laughs> one face. He, his face never moves. Doesn't change. He does one expression. He, in that film, he's fantastic. He just looks intense looking at sand. <laughs> the point where I had to go to the bathroom when I came back, oh, I missed nothing. He's just been staring at the sand for 10 minutes. We're still staring at the sand. Cool. Tatooine. Yeah. Let's it's rock and so roll. Much. It's not Tatooine. Oh my god, lol. Crossover app. <laughs> I feel like something that annoys me about Doctor Who is that the companions are never treated the way women actually are treated during the time period that they're in. When they do these historic episodes. Mm. Like even with the, you know, we mentioned the other witchy one, the Charles Dickens one. Like even there, Rose wasn't really treated the way women would be treated. Like not yeah. the way that Gwen was in that episode, right? Yeah, yeah, no. And like here again, we see Martha just not put in the same box like mm. what is that about it's interesting hey oh and it's kind of hard because shakespeare like you said he's a visionary he's like not normal yeah, yeah right so maybe he just like rolls with it he's like oh you've got an interesting fitted outfit where are you from yeah like and she's like exotic with being like fetishizing and fetishizing yeah. a woman of color Let's... yeah and he does like yeah <laughs> doesn't he say something about her being a moor or something yeah oh god <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's a thing um, but yeah, he just rolls with it. And we're kind of like, cause he's like, he's a wacky dude. He's like such a, you know, and he's he always, with anything. Yeah. but like, yeah, when they're in other kind of more mundane period set times, sometimes they are like 
Oh, she needs to wear more clothes. Yeah, like the Victorian, the yeah. werewolf one. Yeah, I do love that Shakespeare's always on the lookout for things he can steal. That's great. And he's like, oh, I'll use that. Oh, I'll use that. Well, I mean, isn't that a great... Oh, we talked about this recently. We read a cool article and you were like, that line's really good. Can I use it? And I was like, let's talk about the ethics. We had never got to that No, yet. but yeah, like... But that's what writers do, I think, is a lot of borrowing and saving and, like, stealing. But not stealing. Kind of stealing. Um, I love that he's, like, a little puppet writing. That would be quite beneficial to me if some spirit wanted to take over me and just write something for helpful. me. That would be great. Yeah, it reminds me of a Darren Brown episode. Ooh, you know Darren Brown? Yes. So yeah, from like ages ago where he did like, he got people to do, to do like automatic writing. I don't know if it's real. Inevitably with his stuff, he's all like, it's just an illusion. It's just psychology, which is like, just leave some mystery, Darren. But, but yeah, he did like automatic writing and you know, when people like, they're in like a hypnotized state, but they're just writing. And then yeah. when, they, when they come around, they realize they've like written full proper things. But without any thought. Yeah. The dream. I think it was interesting. Two forms of power in this, right? The power of the name. We've already spoken mm-hmm. about like that kind of old magic. Yep. Something that's always been present in fame magic. It's like, don't give someone your name. <gasps> Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. That's the whole fairy tale. It all falls down because they're like, you won't know my name. And yeah. And they're like, you are Rumpelstiltskin. And he's like, ah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Spinning straw into gold. Yeah. Um, but also I think the doctor being like one form of magic that's not going to work on me when she's trying to be like seductive and seduce him. And he's like, I am immune to seduction, which is weird because he is sometimes very flirty, right? He's very flirty, but, oh, that's interesting too. I saw a thing the other day when someone was talking about being polysaturated. So with the maximum amount of romantic partners that they want, Mm. but still being flirty is just a fun form of connection. Yeah. But being flirty without any intention that it would go any further than a flirt. Mm. Mm. So it's not aiming to seduce. It's just aiming to like... Just having fun. Connect. Yeah. In a flirty way. I think with some people you can definitely be like that. I think we're certainly quite flirty with one of our colleagues. Just because it's funny. Yeah. And because they are also flirty. flirty. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's kind of like, oh yeah, everyone's having a little flirt. It's a great time. It's fine. It's not going anywhere. Um, interesting. It's just interesting that he was like, that's not going to work on me. Like, he is somehow better than that. And I'm like, well, yeah, you no. have fallen down oh, this previously. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also really, really, really hate it that he's like, Rose, that's the name that keeps me fighting. Like, just fucking let it go. I realize this is only episode two of season three, but also I'm over the Rose thing already. Like, just we mm-hmm. need to move on. And we never will. And it drives me mental. No, I know. And it's like, it just seems to become like a testament to... Who, person who I know is not human, but like a male human coded looking person dealing badly with trauma. Yes. And then just finding a next female bodied companion to be his therapy. She is not your therapy. Yeah. Yeah. No, horrible. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just one last thing. Mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth turning up. Yeah. My sworn enemy. What? Yeah. Because like, maybe we, we just haven't seen them cross paths before. Because we've seen him with Queen Victoria. It intrigues me when he, even the version of the Doctor we get to know, yeah. doesn't know what's happening. But he's like, oh, it could happen later. Like, he doesn't know where he's yeah, at in his yeah. timeline, right? And I kind of love that. I love when he's a bit like, oh, guess I'll find out what happens there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Exactly. And like in the in the Runaway Bride with Donna, when the thing with the tie happens in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Because actually, like, it happens later, but... In her timeline, it happens yeah, first. Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't this. It was Martha's first episode, the tie thing. Oh, was it? Yeah, remember? He's, like, at the start, on her way to the hospital, oh, she gives him oh, the tie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last one then. Yeah. Yeah, that was the... 
Sorry, it wasn't Donna. Oh, well, who knows? They all blend together. <laughs> anyway, standout moments. Do you have one? Um, I have a couple. Um, mm. Generally, Shakespeare is a dick, but in a fun way. Yeah, he is fun. Like, he's just entertaining. Mm. Um, also, I've seen that actor in other stuff, unsurprisingly. He's <laughs> one of the British actors. One um, of. The Witch Trio, just a hoot. Oh, they're great. I, I really enjoy it. So hammy. And the line, how can a man so young have eyes so old? Hmm. It's a good question. The answer is trauma. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> a war. And also trauma. Cool. Yeah, do you have any stylists, my friend? Yeah, I think I just really love this kind of like whole episode. I think it's a great homage, not just to your classic kind of witch's tale, but also just like a parody of it. Mm. You know, like they're so OTT in the villains. Witches from space, like sure. <laughs> Blood magic, sure. <laughs> Colonize Elizabethan England, sure. Like, you know, yeah. it's great. I kind of just really love it. And they're really chewing the scenery, but not in a way that you're like, oh, this is too much. So I kind of really enjoyed it. I also love that the doctor just gets to fanboy about historical figures. I love yeah. when he gets really into it like that, where he's like, ah, great. It's cute. And like, yes, the Harry Potter stuff doesn't hit the same anymore because she who must not be named has ruined everything. But it's still funny. Yeah, It's still yeah. funny. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. And like, have you heard that they're going to make a TV series? Well, it's a rumor. It's not okay. been confirmed. Did you also hear the rumor that Taylor Swift is broken up from Joe? Yes, and we need to talk about that because it's fucking breakup season across the board. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and apparently also the rumor about the Cursed Child film, which can I just say, no one fucking oh. wants. No one fucking wants. No, oh, no one wants this. that. That's the play, right? Yes. Yeah. And the play as a concept is really good. I really enjoyed it. It's really cool, like the way yeah. it's executed. Yeah. The story is fucking shit. Oh, no. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So once you take away the concept of the theater and you just make it about the story, but apparently Dan and Emma Watson want fucking nothing to do with it. So that's kind of the hold up. Apparently, especially Emma Watson, very much not into it. Yeah, because she's moved the fuck on. And also she knows that getting anywhere near anything new with but Harry she's Potter also, is being yeah. hard by the turf brush. And she's very clear about her stance and the yeah. whole turf thing. As has Dan been, really. So, yeah, if they're going to do a cursed child film, they kind of need them to come back. I don't yeah, think anyone's nah, into that's it. That's not gonna happen, no. So but then they yes. recast, and that'll be weird. Yeah, and the TV show will be interesting because apparently it's seven seasons for the books. Jesus Christ! Oh my God, a book a season. So much money at that then. Which is what I think it should have always been done, but yeah, it was a lot of content into. It's just hard to support it. If it's money going into her pocket, you know, you can't really justify that. Mm-hmm. Like, I am happy justifying my fandom for Harry Potter as a separate thing because, like, whatever. Like, it predates all this stuff. I'm not giving her any money. But if it's new stuff. Yeah. It's like the new game that came out. That yeah. Really popular and I was like, I really hope no one plays it. Like, how can you square away? Like, I do think there's a line. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people being like, you can't love the things that you loved. And like, it's problematic because everything is fucking problematic. Yeah, you're yeah, never yeah. going to create something that's not problematic. But it's about whether your support of it actively contributes to harm. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, if you're putting money in her pocket, it is actively contributing yeah, yeah, to harm. For sure. So yeah, anyway, sad point. Yes. Well, cool. I guess that's us on that right. cheerful topic about <laughs> fandom. If you've got thoughts. Yeah. Don't let us know about this topic. I don't have the mental fortitude. No, and we don't. Like, it's just vibes. Like, we have our hot takes, um, but there are people far more... Informed. Yeah. Okay, Uh, well. So, hmm. next time, we'll be watching episode three of season three, Gridlock. Hmm. So let us know your thoughts by emailing atardisofonesown at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the show notes for links and for references discussed oh yeah you had some references I had some. discussed in this app <laughs> um and thank you again for that lovely email yeah we loved it, it really made our week 
really did. So yeah, please keep sending them, people. Yeah. Don't let us hang. Awesome. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.